This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Old Gods of Appalachia is a horror anthology podcast and therefore may contain material not suitable for all audiences. Also, this is part two of a three-part story. So if you hadn't heard the first part, go back and listen to that. We'll wait here for you. That being said, listener discretion is advised. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And behold, Revelations 12. Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman who was secretly a mountain, clothed with the sun and legions of men inside her, and upon her head a crown of black lungs. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered, so they bound her. Backbone kept straight by centuries of settlement and privilege that sings silent hymns through a sandstone jawbone. Two decades from crumbling to dust under the weight of a bad bite. Gutted and rotting in the mouth of a beast that cannot afford seven crowns to cover the holes in its seven heads. Ten horns sound the end of the workday. And one-third of the stars in heaven return from the inner dark just in time for supper and Wednesday night prayer meeting, an autopsy of faith, a congregation of corpses, a murder of faithful crows, 
gathered in the humble rites of cadaverous sanctity. Claiming nothing more than the air they rattled through the desiccated woodsheds of their bodies, singing softly that this is not our home. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Pastor Cletus Garvin had just finished his prayers, such as they were, consulting with the voices that had guided his hands these past seven years, when a wail rose up from the front of the church that made his heart leap with fear. Ruby, his wife. Cletus jumped up and ran to the front of the church, where he found his wife on her knees, sobbing, her apron pressed over her face with trembling hands, and Cletus saw that she knelt beside their second oldest boy, Noah, who lay on what was once a clean white sheet, now stained with blood and soot. Half his blackened face melted away, the other bright pink darkened with the coal dust that marked a day in the life of any miner. His remaining eyes stared up at the rafters, its former bright blue now robbed of its color, empty and cold and blind. Cletus knew he was gone, but that couldn't be right. There was a strike on. Noah wouldn't have crossed the picket line. He was a union man. Well, he wouldn't. Pastor? Someone said quietly beside him. Cletus turned to find Dewey Hubbard standing beside him, hat twisted nervously in his hands. When he simply stared, Dewey stammered, He, he, Noah went in to help put up the fire this morning. Most of the men were already out, but a few stayed behind. They were looking for more fires or anyone who might have got hurt. Pinky and Eddie Avery were in there too, but... We didn't find them. Oh, Cletus said. Of course Noah would want to help. He was a good boy. And of course Dewey Hubbard would want his family to know their oldest boy hadn't died a scab. And Cletus almost laughed. As if that mattered right now. And then he remembered what the voices had tasked him with. The visions they had shown him. Cletus felt his stomach twist bile rising in his throat. They'd always promised to keep his family safe. He spotted his youngest boy, Herschel, lingering behind the lectern, staring at his mother with wide eyes, and Cletus crooked two fingers at him to call him over, quietly trying to keep his thoughts clear in case the voices were listening. Cletus told the boy to run back to the house and fetch his mother's round mirror from the vanity, along with the big box of salt from the pantry. 
And when Herschel started in with the why daddies, Cletus spoke with the weary voice of his own daddy and every father to ever come from these hills. Boy, you just do what I said. Now, come on, get it. The look at Cletus's eyes must have told how thin his patience was because Herschel didn't waste any time bringing what his father had asked for. Cletus took the mirror, bowl, and big box of Morton's salt and told the boy to go check on his mother. Meanwhile, Cletus set the mirror on a small table just inside the church door. The table usually held a small pewter bowl of oil for anointings, and this he set in the center of the mirror. Around the outside edge of the mirror, he carefully poured a generous ring of salt. Cletus's memo had always kept a small mirror like this on top of her pie chest. She said it helped ward off the evil eye and kept eavesdroppers out of her business. Now, he didn't know about all that, but it had proved effective at giving him a little peace and privacy when the voices chattering started to make his head ache. He hoped it would keep them from knowing what he planned on doing today. Once he set up his memo's ward, Cletus went back to the front of the church to check on Ruby. One of the women had helped Ruby up and sat her down in the front pew and fetched her a glass of water. Cletus knelt down by her side and grasped her hand. He fished his handkerchief from his pocket and gently dabbed at the tears on her face as she stared vacantly ahead. Ruby, he said softly. Ruby, honey, look at me. Her eyes, swimming in tears, rimmed red in her grief, slowly focused on his face and met his. Noah, she whispered. Cletus, I, I... Her voice started to hitch, and Cletus spoke gently to her. Shh, shh, hush now, honey. Now I want you to go back to the house and lie down. Take Herschel and the girls with you. Robert and Clay will be done with their chores soon. Send one of them to tell Lily Ruth what's happened to her brother. He could tell Ruby wanted to protest. She didn't want to leave her Noah's side. But Cletus called Herschel, Amanda, and Virginia over to him and ushered the four of them out the door, telling Virginia, the oldest of the three, to take her mama home. With his family headed safely home, he turned back to his congregation, a room full of faces watching him expectantly to do what must be done. One by one, they carried the victims of the blast down to the cellar, a bare, floored room where a long, low altar of sturdy pine had been placed, carved and sanded and polished by Cletus himself. He'd spent six feverish nights working on that thing, dragging himself from his sweat-soaked bed out to the shed, driven by both the voices and his own desperate need to get their visions out of his head, the pattern carved deep into the wood was nearly impossible to follow with the eye. Twisting and whirls and slashes that made your head hurt. When Pastor Garvin told his congregation they had been divinely inspired, well, they said amen. A knife rested on the right edge of the altar. It wasn't nothing special, just a good kitchen knife, but Cletus kept it sharp. The air in the basement was thick with the smoke from candles and burning herbs and the heat of too many bodies squeezed in under the low ceiling. The men had returned with the livestock Cletus had requested and stood in a ragged half-circle around the altar with the skittish animals. Those men who had not been invited to the sacrifice stood with the women and the children, those old enough for this kind of work, you see, around the fallen men. 
Cletus nodded solemnly to the men behind the altar as he took his place and turned to face the tabernacle of the Elder Covenant. Family, he said to them, we face a difficult task this day, but with the Lord's help, we may yet save these men. Are you ready, brothers and sisters? Are you ready? Are you prepared to make sacrifices on behalf of our own? Can you do what must be done? Say amen. The chorus of amens filled the cellar. After all, they had turned their hands to this task before, and they had witnessed miracles. Amen. Cletus echoed back to them, and he reached for the knife. The first cut was his own. A quick slash carved on top of layers of old scars on his left palm. Cletus flicked his hand out into the crowd, blood splattering the altar and the men on the ground. Lord of the night and of the day, of life and death we pray. Grant us your aid in this time of need. Save our brothers and sisters, Lord. Let them be resurrected into the light of day, he intoned. And then he reached for the first calf. Blood spilled over the altar and onto the floor, staining sheets and soaking the men on the floor, and the bodies of Barlow's young animals fell limp. Cleta spoke the words. The congregation swayed on their feet, chorusing some parts back to him or shouting, Amen! Amen, Brother Cletus! Some began speaking in tongues, although the voices remained silent this time. Not a whisper in Cletus's head of their presence. And truth to tell, he had noticed before that some of the members of his congregation would begin babbling in what seemed like a strange foreign tongue, whether or not he felt their power coursing through his own words or not. But today, they prayed. They wept. They made sacrifice. At the end of the day, none of the miners stirred. They were dead to a man as Cletus had known they would be. Because the salvation of these men was not part of the plan the voices had for Barlow. Sweating and hoarse, Cletus wiped his hands on a rag someone handed him and stepped back from the altar. Family, we have done what we could for our brothers, he told the assembled flock. But sometimes we must accept when our Lord calls a man home and rejoice for they will face the cleansing fire. A few scattered, tired amens echoed back to it. For now, these men have sacrificed their lives in service to Barlow and to their families, and we must honor that sacrifice. There were murmurs of agreement, and as always, the men and women of Barlow did as their pastor bid them. No one questioned him when Cletus asked six men to fetch more clean linens from their homes. Anything that could be had at this point, even tablecloths would do, and to soak them in running water from the creek, or even when he told the women to bring all the salt they had in their pantries. The other men he tasked with digging graves, seven in total, six standard for the men of Barlow, and one deep pit for the body, then three scabs. Cletus's direction, the congregation carefully cleaned the blood from the bodies of the miners from Barlow and wrapped them in the wet linen soaked in fresh water from the creek and the salt the women had brought. Cletus said the Lord's prayer over the salt and the linens too, and then over the men's bodies once they'd been prepared. It was late and very dark, 
by the time the Elder Covenant had finished its preparations. Cletus had insisted the burial must be today. When a couple of the men's wives protested they wanted to sit vigil with their husbands, it was tradition after all. But he pointed out that after all, no one wanted coyotes or bears to come sniffing around, interfering with the bodies. They all deserved better than that. And so the families set their misgivings aside and laid their dead to rest by the light of several lanterns. With all the respect, tears, prayers, and hymns you could ask for, Cletus, for his part, prayed hard, prayed to a God he had long since stopped serving, if he were honest with himself, prayed that the measures he'd taken would be enough to save his son and those few who died with him from what was coming. The miners from out of town, they simply wrapped in the blood-soaked sheets from the afternoon's ritual and lowered them into the mass grave the men had prepared for them. From the point of view of the people of Barlow, they'd done well enough for a bunch of scabs and black ones at that. Cletus merely hoped the voices weren't counting bodies too closely and that that mass grave would disguise what he had done to protect his own. It was near midnight when the pastor returned to a dark and silent house and quietly crawled into bed next to his wife. Ruby was sleeping deep enough that he felt sure she must have taken a nip of whiskey or two and he didn't blame her. They could discuss his plans for the Garvin family tomorrow. There was time or so he believed based on what he could figure from their revelations. And anyway, he would need to speak to Cletus Jr. and Lily Ruth and her husband too. It was near dawn three days later when Annie Messer called on Pastor Garvin. He received her visit on the front porch so Miss Annie wouldn't ask questions about the obvious moving preparations underway in the Garvin home. Annie hadn't seen Sarah Avery in a few days at school. Yes, her family must be grieving and she'd need to help her mama since Pinky and Eddie both died in the collapse old number seven, but someone should go check on them, shouldn't they? Wasn't that the Christian thing to do? The slithering voices in Cletus's mind went wild at the mention of Sarah Avery's name. The shrieking nearly drowned out Miss Annie's words. Cletus couldn't even make out all they were saying, but one bit was clear enough. Yes, the girl. Bring her. Bring her. Cletus felt sick at the thought. The past few days, he'd begun to have quite a few second thoughts about his service to, to them. He knew it was best to follow their orders, at least for now. At least until he could get his family safely out of Barlow. And so he went inside to fetch his hat and his coat. And he and the school teacher headed for Goshen Creek, riding east into the last sunrise Barlow would ever see. There is a curse upon Are you family? Welcome back to Barlow, Kentucky. We're starting to catch up with where our story left off, but we're not quite there yet. There is still more things to find, but we are uncovering answers, aren't we? Unfortunately, for every answer we find, who knows how many questions are underneath. 
I don't even think we should try counting, do you? Old Gods of Appalachia is a production of Deep Nerd Media. Our intro music is by Landon Blood. Our outro music is by Those Poor Bastards. Today's story was written by Cam Collins and performed by Steve Shell. Are You Washed in the Blood of the Lamb was performed by Brandon Sartain. Are your social media rituals up to date, dear family? Have you followed us on Facebook and Instagram as Old Gods of Appalachia? Are you communing with us on Twitter at Old Gods Pod? Have you joined the Old Gods of Appalachia Fellowship Group on Facebook? Are you participating in our Arts and Crafts Challenge? Are you? Really? We believe you. Sort of. But just to be sure, why don't you head over to www.patreon.com slash Appalachia and make yourself a tithe. For a few mortal dollars a month, you can help us speed the ascension of those greater than you to wake the sleepers that lie beneath and return this world to its primordial natural state of darkness and entropy. And we'll give you some pretty cool swag, too www.patreon.com slash Appalachia. For more information about this show, including creator and cast bios, source material, and links to all episodes, visit us over at www.oldgodsofappalachia.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.